to check if you qualify for the ACP. Look at your neighbor. <laughs> to check if you qualify, go to getinternet.gov. To check if you qualify, go to internet.gov. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, I, I've i had a, a week. <laughs> I've had a week. Um, <laughs> as you know, I was in Ohio last week. I uh, got back late Saturday night <clears throat> and uh, just kind of bummed around for about a day before I realized that, you know, I had no groceries uh, and I left uh, my computer adapter charger unit um back in ohio too and uh it was going to be a pain to to ship it and the the little connector cable was already frayed pretty badly so i was just like you know it's you already had like electrical tape on it right so i was just like i'll just i'll just get a new one i'll get a new one i'll go to the apple store um so i put that off until monday night and i decided to uh, hop on my bike right to the apple store um fairly late in the evening it was like seven seven o'clock, which I guess that's not super late, but, um, you know, they close at eight or nine or whatever, whatever. Uh, so I'm riding along, I had some other grocery errands to do along the way. And, uh, I got into a wreck, got into a bike wreck. Um, wasn't on the street. I was on this elevated ped- pedway, pedway, bicycle path slash bicycle path called the 606, otherwise known as a Bloomingdale, uh, Bloomingdale trail. Um, and it was no fault, but my own, but I just, I just fucking like, <clears throat> clipped the railing on the side, lost control slightly, only slightly, and would have easily, you know, corrected myself. But there's this weird section of the path where in the middle of it, inexplicably, there's like this corrugated steel grate. It's about five feet wide, about 70 feet long. And everyone, whether they're jogging or cycling, tries to avoid it because it's it's like this jagged metal surface. Right. And I've avoided it because mainly because it looks like if you if you tried to ride over it, it would jerk your wheel in eight different directions at once and you'd crash. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I was going to say, it turns out that was the case. That's exactly the case. <clears throat> and I have crashed my bike dozens of times throughout my life from a little kid to an adult. And usually, you know, you land on your elbow, your knee, you know, your, your shoulder, uh, palms of your hands. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I've never worn a bike helmet is because. I've never hit my head, right? I've never just, you don't, I've never fallen on my head. Now, some people might say, well, that's dangerous. Other people might say, well, actually you're, you're, you know, conveying a sense of normalcy if you don't wear a helmet, that you don't need special safety equipment just to, you know, bike to the grocery store. And uh, so, but I, so I hit this grate and immediately it was like the bike just jackknifed in two different directions at once and I couldn't recover and it happened so quick. I didn't have time to, to bail basically where, you know, you know, the bike's going down. So you just let go of it and you kind of fall and do a somersault and kind of, you know, 
let your back take the worst of it and you just kind of, you know, head over your, over your feet and you, you wake up and you're just like, you know, you're fine. You're fine. You're just laying there and you're dazed, but that, that's not what happens, right? Because usually if you fall on, on a smooth pavement or rough pavement, at least there's a, you know, somewhat of a broad surface that you're coming in contact with. So you either slide or you roll, whatever. When you come into contact with a uh, corrugated steel grate, you know, it's it's like the, the surface area is very minimal and it's very hard and it's jagged. <laughs> and when I hit the thing, I came to a dead stop instantly. It was like getting hit with a fucking bus. And I don't even know what part of me hit first, but I, I hit this thing with uh, apparently my, my shoulder, part of my shoulder. Uh, and then the bike came, came down on top of me. Uh, and then I remember my head hitting the, the grate and that felt like someone took a hammer, just like whacked me in the back of the head with a hammer. And I was stunned as fuck. Like I couldn't get up. I couldn't get the bike off of me. I like my body didn't work. And so the, the reason I kind of moved over a little bit and clipped the railing that caused me to kind of go off in the first place, cause there was a guy coming up behind me on a bike and I was just trying to move over to the right. So we had room to pass me. Right, that that was it. I just kind of looked back over my shoulder. I'm like, "Oh, guys, coming up! I'll just kind of move over a little bit and ding, wobble, wobble, crash, fucking, I'm out." <laughs> so he realizes I can't get up, and he picks my bike up off of me. But even still, I'm like, I can't get up. I'm just, I'm so fucking stunned that like I can't stand up. And he's like, "You all right, man? Need a hand?" He's putting his hand out to like to pick me up, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to stand up yet, and I don't want someone to help me stand up yet." And uh, then he goes, oh, shit, man, you're bleeding. <laughs> Realize, like, blood is starting to pour out from under my my winter hat. Uh, I can feel it on the side of my head. I start seeing little drops of red start dropping all over the ground around me or all over the, the deck of the uh, elevated uh, bikeway. It's all over my pant leg. I'm just like, oh, fuck. I haven't had a good gusher like that on the head for a while from anything and never from riding a bike before. Um and then so I kind of slide myself over to the side so I don't get run over by anybody. And I'm sitting there and he's asking me questions. Keep asking me questions like, you OK, you OK? And I'm just like, I'm not ready to answer you yet because I don't know. Uh, and uh, by now, other people are starting to kind of crowd around because they, they see the blood. Um, they see the side of my face, which I haven't seen yet, which I didn't see till much later. But I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Once I saw what they were seeing, I understood their their panic. Did you did you like grind it against the grate, or what? What did you do to your face? It, it was just my head. My head just hit it once, just like pop. That was that was enough to to break it open. Um, but my head didn't hurt. That was the thing. I could see I could see all the blood, but my head wasn't pounding. My head didn't hurt. But I started to realize that I couldn't move my arm. My right arm was just numb. Right. And I thought, well, maybe I pinched a nerve and it'll, you know, I'll start feeling okay in a couple minutes. But people were like, we need to call an ambulance. You call an ambulance. And I'm kind of like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Get, just, you know, give me a minute to collect myself, self evaluate, like, whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. You're not in a state to self evaluate, you know, evaluate. Uh, and, and I'm just like, you know, okay, just, I'm not saying no. I just need a couple minutes to collect myself here. And they were like, okay, we'll try to stand up. And I'm like, okay. So I stood up on my own, but I didn't let go of the, the railing. Um, but it was like after about five minutes uh, of this guy trying to convince me to call, um, he was like, yeah, I, I said, I don't have my insurance card on me. They're like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. They'll figure that out when you get there. Just, you know, you need to get 
you know, if you go home like this, you're bleeding, you could be concussed and you could go to sleep and die. And I said, you know, look, I know that I know that, but like my head doesn't hurt, but I, which which is kind of a myth, the whole, like, don't fall asleep if you had a concussion, but whatever. If you know, you have one for sure. But I, you know, I mean, you can get hit in the head and bleed all over and your head's fine. Right. Right. Because your, your skull is a lot stronger than a plastic bike helmet. Now the bike helmet would probably have protected me from a, from a laceration that bled a lot for sure. But that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem. The problem was my arm after five minutes, I still couldn't feel it. But it was gradually shifting from being numb and not being able to work to starting to feel a, a, a bit of pain in my shoulder and still not being able to work. Right. So like I couldn't get my phone out. I was I wanted to call somebody, couldn't get my phone out of my back pocket. They helped me with that. And I couldn't get my gloves off. I was trying to change my gloves, um, figure out like, you know, where, where my wallet was. I had it stashed somewhere on the bike. Right. And I finally was like, all right, man, just call the ambulance, call the ambulance. He's like, thank you. Finally. I'm like, all right. I guess they were trying to get to a dinner party and were, you know, wanted me to make my fucking mind up. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, my, my first concern was then, like, you know, I was like, hey, I got to lock my bike up because I don't want to just leave it. Right. And so they helped me do that. I told them the combination to my, my chain lock and they locked it up. Um, ambulance and fire department both showed up from different directions. So two different units responded. Uh, fire department got there first. They started asking me all kinds of questions. You know, did you pass out? What happened? Da, 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 da. Ambulance gets there. They're like, okay, go with them. Go sit down on the ambulance. Da, da, da. And uh, so I do that. Get in there. They ask what happened. I tell them. They're like, oh, did you lock your bike up? And I'm like, yes, that was my first concern. <laughs> so they were, even the, the EMTs, two lovely uh, Latina women, were very concerned. My bike was going to be safe and they weren't going to be liable for that. And I assured them it wouldn't be a problem. And then, so they kind of threw like this really janky um, sling on my arm. And it, like as she's tightening it, it just felt like it was hurting more mm. at that point. And I was like, I just, I need you to loosen this up. So she wraps this ACE bandage around my chest and my arm to kind of you know keep me from moving it that way um and then they start taking my vitals you know taking my blood pressure asking me questions whatever put that little thing on your finger whatever you know you know the drill pulse yeah 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 and uh so then they're like oh he's he's this something number over this something number and uh, a heart rate of uh 58 and i was like is that <laughs> yeah i was like was that good <laughs> is that good they're like yeah that's very good that, that so uh, yeah, because the average is 60 to 100 beats per minute, right? Yeah, there's some formula like where you add your age to a certain number. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 very low. I don't think my resting heart rate's that low. <laughs> right. Well, this is my resting heart rate after I just fucking bloodied my head right. and, you know, hit the ground so hard my arm is numb. Right. Slowly turning into agonizing pain. Uh, and, and after I've been riding for about three miles already, you know, this is just minutes after that. And I'm like, damn, I fucking... I should be like adrenaline should be coursing through my veins right now. My heart should be going a mile a minute. And, but no, no, you know, the years of cycling has given me a, <laughs> an athlete's heart. Right. Um, so that made me feel good. Even though I was in, you know, increasingly uh, agonizing pain, I was like, yeah, at least I got a fucking good ticker. Right. So uh, go to the hospital, the waiting room in the ER is a fucking zoo. Um, there's almost people dragging sleeping bags around, trying to start fights with each other. There's, <laughs> you know, half the place has on their, on their, you know, watching videos of reality TV shows of women calling each other fucking skanks on their cell phones. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's insane. And I'm sitting in a wheelchair, you know, face completely bloody. Um, 
it was like whenever you see like real blood pouring down someone's face, you realize that Hollywood is not very good still at making, you know, blood look realistic. Like they know how to put it on in quantity. They know how to splatter it. But like the, the way that blood looks when it pours from a single source down the side of your head, it's, you know, it's a beautiful torrent of hemoglobin <laughs> that that I never see done as good as it looks in real life. So, I mean, you you saw the photo of the side of my head, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was like a little, you could see like the little tributaries where it kind of, you know, went around this part of my ear and went down this side of my chin. And uh, yeah, so I'm just sitting there and and I can't fucking move. And they would occasionally come out and call my name. I just be like, yeah, over here. And they kind of look and be like, oh, you're in a wheelchair. You can't move on your own. I'm like, okay, hang on a minute. We gotta go get somebody to fucking move you. So they do the x-rays. They do the CT scan. That was extremely difficult because you have to lay down and I could not lay down um, without extreme pain shooting through my arm and now by now it's it's clear it's not my um not my shoulder my arm so much as it is my collarbone yeah right so i'm pretty sure that it's it's dislocated because i didn't feel anything snap or break it didn't feel like there was a single point where you know the bone was jabbing out or anything but i could feel that something was like sort of popping in there <laughs> and whenever it did it, would be, it was like a knife it was like a fucking knife so I'm sitting there, you know, I get the CT scan and they're like, oh, it'll be like an hour. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. It's not going to be an hour. It's not going to be a fucking hour. It's going to be all night. Right. Right. So I'm sitting there and I realize that I'm going to be there well after midnight. And I, I, I didn't mention this yet, but uh, as the stroke of midnight rolls around and I'm waiting to uh, see a doctor, um, it became my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so at the stroke of midnight. It was my birthday, and I'm sitting there fucking immobile in a wheelchair, blood pouring down my... I mean, not pouring down my face, but it still looks terrible, right? Still, All the right. blood's still there. I didn't even get it all cleaned off till today. There's probably still some of my hair. Um, and I'm just like, this is the fucking worst birthday ever. I'm not even here with somebody in the ER. I'm all alone. <laughs> this fucking sucks. It's not even a fun birthday ER story. It's like a horrible misery. Yeah. Well, it's a fun story that now that I'm telling it. No, um, but it's not even like you got there for a fun reason. Like you partied way too fucking hard. And, oh, know, yeah. I, I, I didn't even get hit by a car. Or something. Didn't even get hit by a fucking car. This was completely my own. My own right. solo crash. Um, although I'm convinced that, you know, the only reason I actually crashed rather than just like wobbled and corrected myself was because I, I went over that metal grate. Um, and I have really knobby tires on that bike that like completely locked in with the, you know, the perforation on the metal and also why, you know, I ended up finding out that yes, I did actually break a bone. I broke my collarbone. I didn't just dislocate it. Um, which they told me after I got the x-rays finally, which I've never done. I've never had a broken bone before ever. In my life. Like I thought I was, I was, you know, like I was going to live my whole life without ever breaking a bone, you know, and, and now my, you know, my skeleton is no longer pure, which, which hurts a little bit uh, on a emotional egotistical level. Um, we already got the jab, so we know you're not pure. We know, we know you're not a pure blood. I thought the, the 5g cell tower, you know, um, Bill Gates thing was supposed to, you know, get, put the, put the nanobots in my skeleton and make me strong. Uh, but yeah, I've never, like I said, I've never hit my head before when I've ever fallen off a bike ever. So I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, just hitting that grate and coming to a dead halt rather than, you know, kind of bouncing off the, the flat ground is what did me in and what, you know, what, not only what caused me to crash, but made the injuries so much more severe. 
so you know i once he told me that it was um you know broken not dislocated i was like oh thank god you know because dislocated you always think it's like the movies where they're like okay we gotta fucking pop it back into place and then they, <laughs> they like pull your arm up behind you and it pops and you're like Rah! you know like hurts a million times worse right. but if it's broken there's nothing they can do you know like there's no way to to mobilize that to, to you know not like a broken leg where they just put a cast on it and they're like well all right nothing we can do that'll be ten thousand dollars <laughs> right <laughs> right uh so they gave me a better sling which I have had on uh, 24-7, except when I had to change my shirt, which was excruciatingly painful. Jesus, it took like yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. I had to like figure out how to do it ahead of time. I wasn't going to attempt it. You just got to start wearing vests without uh, without sleeves and just butting, buttoning them up with the one good right. in the front. Right. Well, and the sling is interesting easier. because the, the sling doesn't really prevent you from moving your arm. It's just sort of a helpful reminder not to. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, I could move my arm. But then, oh, God, it fucking hurts like crazy. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so I didn't get out of there till probably one thirty in the morning, finally. And they didn't give me any pain meds except for two Tylenol when I first got there. So the whole time I, I had no fucking, you know, nothing to dull the pain. Right. And a bro- broken collarbone is it's like, you know, it's it's a pretty thin bone, but moving your arm at all moves your collarbone. And it was a, it was a complete break, not just a fracture. Um, they even told me that like the two pieces of the bone were not perfectly lined up either. But they didn't think it was severe enough to require surgery yet. Oof. So, yeah. So that means it's always going to be weaker and prone to breaking again. So I right. have that to or, too. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes it, it becomes like a situation where they have to re-break it to reset it, which hopefully that's. Right. Well, they both seem to, to think that it that it, it wouldn't likely come to that. But, you know, we're, we're stressing that I take it easy, no physical activity. And I'm like, are you kidding uh, there's no way in fucking hell I'm doing anything physical <laughs> anytime soon. Um, so thankfully I had a friend come pick me up. Uh, when we went and got my bike, he carried it up my four flights of stairs, realized how fucking heavy that shit is. I'm like, ha motherfucker. You know, now, you know, uh, no, he's a good guy. I, th- I thanked him like several times instead of a message. Fucking, I, I told him, I was like, man, I'd hug you right now, but it would probably kill me. <laughs> so, uh, and that was at like two in the morning and he had to work in the, you know, at like, whatever nine in the morning so that was that was great of him to do oh, that that was cool uh called mom up mom uh, had to clear her schedule she flew across lake michigan to come hang out and take care of me um you know like i, I was out like i mentioned i was on the way to the apple store and gonna run some other errands so i had you know none of those things i had no charger to plug my phone into uh to do this podcast that you're listening to right now um thankfully she had an old charger that she brought here um from north of traverse city so we could do this uh, but I couldn't even get my prescriptions filled. Like there was no way for me to do that on my own either. I could like, I could barely fucking walk, right. let alone, you know, move my arm around trying to just trying to figure out like what range of motion I still have with my arm. Uh, basically zero. I could still use my hand and my arm below my elbow, but it's still, it's like, it's just figuring out where your, where your limits are, you know, that the, the first day and a half or so, two days, uh, especially with no pain meds. I didn't, I had the first, first 24 hours, I had no pain meds. And then I, so I go to CVS with mom, right? She's, uh, she was going to go on her own, but I'm like, I don't want her walking down this fucking busy ass street by herself. She's going to get my car. So we both go and we get to CVS and uh, they, they pull up my insurance info. I didn't have my card with me still because, you know, like at the hospital, they they were like, oh, you don't, you don't need your card. We'll figure it out. So I assume that, you know, CVS can do the same thing and they do. Uh, and they say, oh, well, one of these prescriptions, um, there's a national shortage of, so we can't give it to you. But Walgreens down the street probably has it. 
we can do this other one. Uh, the problem is your insurance doesn't cover this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just I'm like, great, great, right. So so to go go to this other Walgreens, it's like a four mile round trip walk. And it's cold as shit. It's fucking windy. Um, I can walk, you know, like a quarter of my normal pace with my arm in a fucking sling. Um, I'm I'm miserable and I'm furious and I'm in a shitload of pain. This is all last night. This is my birthday. This is actually like my birthday day. <laughs> Right. And uh, so we get to Walgreens and the guy starts typing up, you know, I give him the prescription He starts typing up. He's like, you have your insurance card. And I said, no, but it was my understanding. You can look it up without having the card. He's like, no, we have no way to do that. And I was like, well, I was just at CVS and they did it. And like, well, we're not CVS. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, he's like snapping at me. And I'm like, look here, I, I have insurance. I just don't have the card with me. And this guy, this pharmacist, who's probably like 45 going on 50, goes, what's with the attitude? <laughs> I'm like, this motherfucker, is he trying to pick a fight with me? What the fuck is this shit? I'm like, the attitude is I have a broken fucking arm. I didn't say fucking. I just said I have a broken arm. And he's like, well, I'm sorry, your arm's broken. But we have a way of doing things here. And there's, you know, thousands of different insurance companies. There's no way we can know which. I, I, I can tell you which one it is. I can give you my social we have the power of, of computers and the internet, you know, like if, if the hospital can look it up and CVS can look it up and they don't even have the fucking drugs on hand. How come Walgreens can't do shit? Right. You know, I, I didn't say that, but I'm just thinking, and I'm just it's like, <laughs> well, we have no way to do that. And I just, I looked at him. I'm like, how does anything work? <laughs> it's that was what I literally said to him. That's when he got fucking pissed. He's like, you know what? We're not filling this prescription. Don't feel he's like, so this older guy is talking to this younger tech. He's like, we're not filling this prescription. And the younger guy is trying to calm him down. And I'm like, this, this younger guy must hate working with this older dude right. who's constantly trying to pick fights with patients <laughs> uh, who, who clearly, you know, and, he, and then he's like, well, you know, if we can't fill prescriptions for people that don't have insurance, so I'm like, I just told you I have insurance. First of all, they I absolutely can car. do that. That's the, you, yeah. the, you could just pay cash, but you're just being a dickhead. But yeah. Well, I mean, I shouldn't have to be cash no, if no, I have but insurance. Like, but, uh, but like the the phrase, we can't fill prescriptions for people that don't have insurance is ridiculous. Like, you know. Right. I was <laughs> like, well, how do, you, how do you think I got the prescription without insurance? You know, like I just walk into the doctor and was like, hey, doc, uh, write me up a thing. Yeah, I'm Elvis Presley. You work for me now. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> God. Well, anyway, mom was nice enough to pay for it out of pocket. I think it was only like 25 bucks. So it wasn't a big deal, but still. Right. Um. But yeah, I was, I was fucking, I, I had to like walk away from the counter and, and go hang out in the fucking soda aisle <laughs> for a while. Cause I was just like, I'm going to fucking come through that thing and strangle you with my good arm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I got the, I got, got some oxycotin, got some, uh, ibuprofen and they want me to take uh, one of each every six hours. And, you know, it's sort of a cumulative effect where. You know, at first you don't really feel much. And then, you know, if you keep taking it every six hours, then it starts to sort of, you start to feel a little, um, uh, uh, what's, what's a good word for it? Um, high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm not I, quite I, there yet, but I'm, yeah. I'm still feeling pain. Definitely. Like every once in a while, I'll just feel like a, like dagger sharp pain right in my clavicle when I'm not even moving around. It'll just, just like, gotcha, you know? It's the unfortunate thing is like, it, you know, ibuprofen, which is just the same as like Motrin or, you know, Advil or whatever. But um, but I'm sure they give you like the higher, you know, 800 milligram dose or whatever. But um, it, 
all that does, and honestly, even the Oxy, although to a much greater extent does, is just kind of numb everything and dull the pain, but it doesn't really resolve it. You know, like it doesn't, you still feel like when you, it, it, it just sort of dulls everything. And, you know, it doesn't really yeah. make anything that much better. It's just slightly more tolerable. Yeah. So like the, the constant, you know, three or four level pain I have, it's, it's dumped that down to like a two. But the random spikes of pain that come out of they break through, right? That are a nine or ten are still a nine or ten. Yeah, right? no, that, and it does nothing to help those, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like you know, body. You could just top out at like a six or seven, and <laughs> I would pay attention. You don't have to fucking dial it up to eleven to let me know that like you're under you're in trauma. Right. Um. It, it's like our bodies are kind of dumb. Oh, yeah. about like our consciousness it's like oh i better fucking if he he might not know <laughs> that the uh, you know the, the the skeleton has been damaged uh unless we you know periodically remind him with you know a, a pain <laughs> pain like, i don't even, like how like why is pain unpleasant in the first place because it's just an electrical stimulus to let you know something but it's like you know if if it if it's high enough it, it, it blocks out every other thought, right? It right. completely disrails, uh, disrails, derails. There you go. Oxy's working. <laughs> uh, everything else you're trying to do, you know, and, and once we figure that out, we exploited it really quickly. You yeah. know, like you think as a survival mechanisms, our body would eventually be like, Hey, uh, our, this, th- th- all these other bodies in our species are torturing each other, taking advantage of the fact that we have a really strong pain response <laughs> to stimuli. <laughs> Maybe we should have a way to, you know, I don't know, dial that down so as to not make that an incentive for more harm. I don't know. Anyway. Well, I mean, we do have like the sort of adrenaline response, which kind of temporarily just makes you, you know, not immune to it, but sort of like, you know, d- d- lets you get through it without thinking about it you know until until you settle yeah, down or, and you're or it's too much and you just go into shock and pass out right right either way either just, way you're not like, dealing I with pain, I give so, up. you know <laughs> temporary fight or flight or just give up <clears throat> yeah right damn um, so yeah that that's been my last 48 hours uh worst birthday ever um probably the first birthday i haven't had a, you know any kind of alcohol drink to drink uh since i was i don't know maybe 16 yeah Fuck. yeah don't 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 drink while you're taking those it's not a good combination <laughs> no i absolutely it's not very bad um, well i don't i don't like taking pills in the first place no right yeah same pills while i'm drinking let alone oxy while i'm drinking because that's you know it's just it, the magnifying effect is something right. that i you know as healthy as i am with a great heart rate uh, I, I just don't trust it because the, you know, the magnifying effect, you can go from fine to, you know, unresponsive in the course of an hour or two. Right. Well, right. It just slows your respiratory system way too much. Like it's not, it's not even a good, you know, it's just a very unpleasant feeling. Like I'm sure, you know, not something you want to experience. Um, no, not at all. But yeah, so, uh, that, that sucks. So that happens. Fuck. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how we follow that. I mean, we have, we have stuff, a couple of things to talk about. Nothing. You know, major this week. I figured that would be our main main kind of source of conversation. But um, you know, we uh, well, we should talk about the Last of Us, I guess, that, uh, real quick before we kind of get into the couple quick news stories we have. Sure. Um, as it was the penultimate episode this week uh, of the season, at least. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly what the breakdown. I I, I think if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, it's basically like a one to one, like season one is going to be. 
you know, the, well, the, the first game. Yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of people are worried about, actually, right now, because there's so much more that happens. In that it one seems episode. Like the, well, and it's the shortest episode of the season, but it's like they've got like half the game left as far as the content of it. And it's just like, are they going to cut out like all this other shit just to rush to the ending? Really? Because well, that... That's gonna that's gonna burn some people, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they won't though. I mean, I, you know, they that's kind of what people have assumed. But they are they did say they're going to run for three seasons that we're going to cover the first two games. So it's also possible that the second season is the back half of game one of the first game and the first half of the second game, um, or something to that effect. I, yeah. I, I don't know how nicely the story would even break in that case, but. I just yeah. feel like they, they, you know, they could throw in a cliffhanger, you know, and then leave us hanging off a cliff. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> uh, and, and that, I mean, you know, that's I, that's I don't want them to. If there is a lot um, of story left, I don't want them to rush through it because, I mean, everything they've done so far has been great. Uh, I, I saw some people were complaining slightly about how rushed this kind of arc was in this episode, because I guess this is kind of a long ish bit of the game. The whole yeah. uh fucking you know what i assume is supposed to be like a david Koresh, like you know the the janet reno's you know uh, description of david koresh but like times a thousand this fucking you know little like uh kind of cult i guess i don't know what you'd call it other than that just cult of you know it just seemed like he didn't seem very like much a cult leader um he just seemed pretty benign as far as well, yeah. well, and until you're right, he made his turn was pretty uh, abrupt. I felt like, you know, towards the towards the end. But, you know, I, I also I really enjoyed this episode. Um, despite that, I think um, it was very much an Ellie episode. I think, you know, I, for whatever is going to happen in the future, I think she certainly is going to be somebody who's capable of holding everyone's interest like as the lead of the show um so i you know that and and the, i thought that was really the, the point of this episode was to kind of spotlight that and like you know let her do most sure. of the, the heavy sure. lifting while joel's fucking well you know, th- th- there's this little there. corner of the internet that's like this just proves all the people that doubted bella ramsey wrong and I'm like, I haven't heard anyone I say that. Said, I, feel, I feel like a minute they were like, I, hey, it's the Game of Thrones, the, like, you know, the little the fucking little lord from exactly. Game of Thrones. It was like, it's, oh, it's, awesome. Hey, there's that girl from Game of Thrones. What's her name again? I don't know. Like, I mean, if anything, if there's anybody that really didn't like her or have a problem with her, it's because they just, you know, like she doesn't physically look that right. much like the character from the game, which probably means like they don't want to fuck her. Right, right. Well, that was the problem. Like, I, like I, overly you know, sexualized the character from the game, which is <laughs> fucking beyond creepy in so many ways. But you know, oh, that, that. yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like, well, this is this is the fourteen year old girl from a video game that I can fantasize about because uh-huh. she's not a real person, right? <laughs> which, right. Yeah. No, and and right, and so, but you, and also, I, 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 you, it was slightly implausible how how Joel was, you know, fucking barely, you know, breathing and functioning, and then you know, twenty minutes later, he's fucking the Punisher and like stabbing people in the knee. But I, but that being said, it was a fucking awesome scene. Him, you know, just fucking d- destroying those the the four uh, the guys oh. that got left behind to find him. Uh, he remembered the-, the rule of sneaking up on people is to not scream right before you <laughs> pounce on them. <laughs> right. No, you just jab a knife in the back of their head. That's... He apparently forgot to teach Ellie. Yeah, 
well, I mean, she's still young, you know, she'll, she'll learn if after a few, a uh, few errant, you know, nice to the gut, she'll, uh, she'll learn, I think. But no, he, he was fucking awesome in that scene. Um, and, and you could tell, I mean, it's just, you know, we talked about the kind of journey that, that Joel's character has taken this season and, and he's fully, I think, to the point where he views, uh, Ellie as his daughter and he's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's been really nice to see the way he's kind of played that, that progression, you know, and, and we knew it from the start, but I mean, it was, he, you know, he was, he's done a really good job with it. I thought, and then everyone of course lost their minds at the end when he, you know, what, you know, a nice kind of reversal of, of the usual tropes. You kind of figure when you're watching it, like, Oh, he's going to save the day. He'll kick in the door to this, this little, uh lunch room or whatever and save her from uh from the guy but you know she ends up doing it herself fucking meat cleavering that guy in the head and you know (laughs) just absolutely going to town on him uh but then you know he's there afterwards to kind of you know just meet her afterwards and he you know it's like oh i'm here baby girl whatever he says so everyone lost their minds about that but that was was a great that that was great i love that because they jumped so far ahead in such a short period of time that people still remembered that that's what he said you know in sort of the 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 you know the not the prologue the prelogue what am i trying to say yeah well yeah well like the 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 first episode which is yeah the the pro yeah prologue i mean i guess that's the prologue oh yeah prologue um <laughs> drugs <laughs> um right no which was which was great um i just you know i, re- I it, it was a great episode i you know it, it definitely was it, a lot happened and I, I am hoping that they're not going to rush through the, the the last bit of the game in the last episode but i guess we'll find out um if they do or if they you know do it in a way that That's makes what a lot sense of people are thinking and since it's such a short episode it seems like they're going to cut out a lot I mean, how many uh, how many more like locations do they go to? Would you say? Like, in the like game? I said, I don't know because I've never played beyond like the first hour of the game or so. But the thing I loved about this episode was, you know, the villain is this guy who, you know, you, you initially get like the creepy cult leader vibe, but you realize he's really just like the a regular fucking pastor who has seized on this moment when all these people are terrified. But you know, I, I love that you know it's it's clear that this this girl who's crying and is begging him to bury her dad like she knows they're all cannibals like uh-huh. she, knows, she knows they she all knows know. like oh we can't thaw the ground out like really we pretty pretty sure we know what fire is pretty sure you could so it's i mean and then also the fact that him and his his um you know sort of right hand man they're talking about you know how, so much uh deer and venison and you know what do we have what do we have left like it's it's clear they're talking in code at that point, because later on he says, you know, to him, like, it's not a code. Just do what I say. Like, so <laughs> right. he's, he's looking to him for a code in that situation where they're, you know, Ellie's drawing the gun on them. And he's like, so what are you really trying to say? He's like, no, no, no. I really want you to go get the penicillin. <laughs> so there's a, it, it's, it's just great that they're, and when you watch it a second time, you'll see all these other little layers and clues and everything. But I, I, the thing I love um, that wasn't in the game that is in the show is when him and Ellie sit down and, and kind of chat a little bit more and, you know, actually maybe there is a version of it. Actually, no, I think there is a version of this in the game where he says a line though, that he doesn't say in the game, apparently something, but he, he's saying, you know, I don't, everything happens for a reason and I can prove it. Let me, let me explain how, and you think he's going to tell like some boomer colloquialism or whatever. Right. And instead he doesn't, he uses it to reveal that he knows who she is and who right. she's protecting. And it's a threat. It's a, it's an absolute threat in that moment. And I love that that's the fucking that that's the real heel turn 
where he played he, it so sinister too. He was really good at it. It was very subtle. Was. Like it wasn't over the top. But that's at the all. moment where you realize his whole like, oh, you know, just uh, ten seconds of your time. Like that was the facade, and here's the real him. Right. Is he's he's very intelligent and knows how to manipulate. Uh, and and even you know the only the only reason he loses is because Ellie out manipulates him. You know, right into thinking that he can have this little child bride. He also plays his hand way too quickly with the whole child bride thing. Um, you know, that he also was kind of setting up as like, I just want a friend, just an equal. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's had right. her in captivity for a couple hours and he's already, you know, given away what he really wants. Right. And, well, I, you know, I know they're trying to rush through this show and that would be like a, 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 a five to ten episode arc on something like the walking dead but i was i i I had that thought i was like this guy would be the (laughs) fucking season three villain of the walking dead this would not be a a one and done hatchet to the head you know guy but that's very slimmer yeah yeah um no i and and i you know i it was clear to me by the end that this guy is not even really a preacher i mean he may have been or well no you said he wasn't even before the thing like he clearly doesn't even believe in anything he's just a sociopath like he you know he kind of even sort of gives up the game when he's talking to Ellie. Um, you know, yeah, he's, he that. said these people need God. These people need a father right. implying that like, he's just filling a role that they wanted because, you know, they were weak and he was, you know, just not even looking to exploit people, but figured out a way that, you know, a, a, a side effect of this was that he could just do whatever he wanted to. He could fucking smack around a, you know, a little girl in front of a room full of people and they wouldn't do shit. Right. And, you know, he said and he said that he's like, I have a violent heart and all this stuff. And like, you know, you almost wonder if he even really was opposed to cannibalism or if this was just like an, you know, he he says like, oh, you know, you don't think I'm ashamed of it. But he also says that kind of before he reveals kind of the full extent of of what is really going on. So I I, I even question that if he is ashamed of it or not. Well, that's, you know, when they said, oh, we saw a herd up around the the hills, um, you know, but people talk, they see what they want to see. And he's like, oh, well, let's go take, you know, the guns and go hunting. I mean, they, 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 he presents it at first as that we just ate our own dead who died naturally or out in the field somehow. But like, why were they out there attacking Joel in the first place? They were looking for people to kill to eat on purpose who weren't just natural deaths within their group. Right. So they were no. full on cannibals. A hundred percent. I'm I'm sure, you know, there've been not, not reluctant ones. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, so, you know, great episode. I, I very, very interested to see kind of how this wraps up the season but um yeah no great shit as always yeah best show on tv we should give also a little shout out i I forgot to mention this up top that uh today is international women's day uh and i just wanted to uh, remind people of a very special event in women's history it was april uh, i believe 17th 2018 when the official women's march twitter account tweeted rest in power to barbara bush <laughs> i went back to find that to, uh, to try to find that tweet today and it um, has since been deleted oh weird weird you think you'd be proud of something like that you'd leave it up for all time and for posterity I mean, um <laughs> that's yeah you do not in fact have to have to hand it to barbara bush i am sorry to tell you <laughs> oh good god well speaking of twitter we should just real quick get into uh, the latest fucking uh, insanity in, in in the in the ongoing just uh, you know money pit boondoggle that Twitter has become under Elon Musk, um, you know so he uh, the couple stories I I have one then you have one because he's just 
you know, he's in the news constantly because he's just a fucking clown and everyone around him hates his fucking guts and loves leaking shit to mainstream outlets uh, about just what an absolute clown show and an incompetent moron he is. Um, but he does it to himself. Like in, in, in this case, he does it to himself. So, um, you know, when he took over Twitter, he assured the employees, according to a bunch of ex-employees, that there wouldn't be layoffs and he then proceeded to lay off 75 percent of twitter's workforce um roughly so you know that was obviously untrue but what he's been doing lately apparently is not even telling people that they're laid off just like locking their access to their computer uh and and kind of hoping that i mean basically ironically enough given what we're going to talk about it's basically like the office space approach where they're just like we just stop paying him and we're going to hope he you know figures it out eventually and stops showing up like it's fucking or that you don't figure it out and you keep showing up and working and not getting paid even better even better like it's fucking insane that that the richest man in the world running a publicly traded company thinks that this is a legitimate way to fucking not even do bit like forget about treat people just to do business this way like no other fucking company would even as horrible as they are would do business this way because it just you know it, it looks fucking minor league but um so uh th- th- this guy on twitter uh uh hallie uh harold he's got an icelandic name i'm not going to try to pronounce it it's a very long name apparently he's actually very prominent in iceland i wasn't aware of him but uh he was a software developer that sold his company to Twitter for a lot of money and then worked for them. Um, he's also a disability rights act, uh, advocate. He's, uh, somebody who, uh, is, is in a wheelchair. Uh, I believe he has muscular dystrophy and he like famously when he got his payout for his company, didn't take it in, uh, stock options or stock, you know, in stocks and, and dividends and things like that, which is usually, how it's paid out because uh, those are taxed at a much lower rate because the fucking crook billionaires that run this fucking uh, country, you know, make it so that those, that those capital gains are taxed at a significantly lower rate than income is. Um, But he decided to take it as income. So he paid the full, you know, whatever percentage it was based on that level of income because he wanted to give back uh, I mean, he paid his fair share. I'm not saying he did anything charitable, but he said he was because he was so grateful for Iceland's um, social services and healthcare that he wanted to put money back into those because they they gave him such a high quality of life and were able he was able to you know do what he did because of that. Um, so honestly, not you know it seems like not a terrible guy like considering he works at Twitter. Um, but anyway, so he tweets out. Um, to Elon Musk, uh, dear Elon Musk, on Twitter, so dear Elon Musk, nine days ago, the access to my work computer was cut along with about 200 other Twitter employees. However, your head of HR is not able to confirm if I'm an employee or not. Uh, you're not, you've not answered my emails. Maybe if enough people retweet, you'll answer me here, question mark. <laughs> so Elon Musk, CEO of Twitter, richest, well, former richest man in the universe, uh, response to him, what work have you been doing? <laughs> um, to which he responds, uh, I would need to break confidentiality to answer this question here. If you can have your lawyers, <laughs> this guy's fucking hilarious. If you can have your lawyers share in writing that, that, that I can do that, uh, then I'd be happy to discuss that openly. <laughs> he tweets back, it's approved. You go ahead. 
that's like literally just like you know that's the literal fucking michael scott saying i declare bankruptcy out loud that's how he fucking thinks that you know ndas were although by the but you know honestly he's such a fucking idiot this is actually completely admissible on this other guy's part if he ever try if they ever try to sue him for breaking an nda because this fucking idiot just tweeted it publicly that it's fine for him to do so (laughs) so he can reveal whatever he wants to at this point um so it's approved you go ahead um to which the guy responds, among others, led the effort to save about five hundred thousand dollars in one SAAS contract. Not really sure what that is. Support closing, de- supported closing down many others. Uh, led prioritization of design projects across the company to make sure uh, we were able to deliver with a small team. Uh, led design crits uh, t- to help level up design across the company. Was hiring manager for all design roles. Worked on efforts to steer the company away from focusing on power users. And on to younger users because our user base is aging. Uh, <laughs> Musk responds, which SAAS contract exactly? Priorit- prioritization of what design projects? Um, to which this guy responds, Figma and all active design projects. And I guess SAA- Figma is in one of their SAAS contracts, whatever the hell that is. To which Elon Musk just describe- responds with two laugh face emojis. Apparently because he didn't understand that Figma was a real thing and he thought he was making like a Ligma joke is what people <laughs> surmise because he's a fucking idiot. And he knows nothing about the fucking business that he bought or any sort of technical aspects of it, even though he pretends to. Um, and then he further Elon further responds, level up from what design to what picks or it didn't happen. We haven't hired design roles in four months. What changes did you make to help out with the youths? And then he tweets a, 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 a YouTube video of the fucking office space scene where they're, interviewing people for their jobs and they say it's like the the what would you say you do here clip from fucking office space like he's a fucking moron like he's such a fucking moron it's unreal he just he's so incompetent it's it's kind of like incredible um it's just i so i'm trying to find this other uh so he 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 tweeted out like a couple of things about how he didn't really believe that this guy was like he's like oh this guy just doesn't want to work i I can't find the tweets now because he scrubbed him pretty well but uh basically this was somebody who's still at the company still works for the still works for his fucking company yeah he goes on um because i guess somebody like screen capped all this and and tweeted out uh one of one of Elon's fucking you know loser sycophants. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, this is the most entertaining exit interview I've ever witnessed. So then Elon responds to this random guy who doesn't even add him, so he's just reading fucking people's replies, like you know, begging for fucking uh, you know <laughs> acceptance or fucking you know whatever. Um, the reality is that this guy, who is independently wealthy, did no actual work claimed as his excuse that he had a disability that prevented him from typing, yet was simultaneously tweeting up a storm. (laughs) Can't say I have a lot of respect for that. (laughs) Then he responds up to that, but was he fired? No, you can't be fired if you weren't working in the first place. So, I mean, this is textbook fucking ADA violation right here, claiming that this guy who who has diagnosed muscular dystrophy, who's in a fucking wheelchair, um is is lying about not being able to work i mean he like employment lawyers were fucking salivating over this when he tweets this out 
Um, it's just so funny because I have one more follow up that Elon tweeted after this because he clearly got a frantic call from his lawyers. Um, but one of the you know that does like that little readers added context they thought people might want to know box that are on that right. like pop. So under his own tweet on his own platform, one popped up after saying this tweet. Elon spoke directly with the former Twitter employee and subsequently admitted that he was wrong and apologized to the former employee. <laughs> Elon also invited him back to Twitter. So what that's referring to is um, this tweet, this this these, these couple of tweets that happened right after <laughs> after he tweets that he believed that this guy was lying about his disability. Um, uh, where is it here? Um, <laughs> Based on your comment, I just did a video call with Hallie to figure out what's real versus what I was told. It's a long story. Better to talk to people than communicate via tweet. I would like to apologize to Hallie for my misunderstanding of his situation. It was based on things I was told that were untrue or, in some cases, true but not meaningful. Things he was told. Things he was told. Oh, no, it's not his fault. He's not a fucking psycho fucking scumbag. Saying some guy's not actually disabled because he's a prick and he fucking can't take being criticized. No, he I mean, was told it you, by some lowling, I'm sure. How, how would anyone communicate uh, via electronic medium if they can't type? I don't understand. How no, is it's that not like they possible? can press a button and use their voice to dictate the exact thing that they want to say or anything. Spe- speech to text? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, what what if you can't talk? Well, how would it work then? How would it work then? Huh? Huh? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Fucking... What, are you, what are you, genius, Stephen Hawkins? I was huh? gonna say I, I could think of his name. I don't, yeah, I don't know how he. I, I actually genuinely don't understand how that works. I'm sure. I I think it's something to do with like you have to look at the letter that you're trying to. That's it, fa- that's fascinating technology to me. Uh, my understanding was like an eye movement type thing uh, for the most part, but um... which is crazy. But that's all. But yeah. But yeah. So. Yeah. So clearly, his lawyers were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" So also, apparently, it came out that this guy had sort of a poison pill contract when he sold his company to Twitter, um, that if he was fired, he would get paid out a hundred million dollars as an exit, uh, like bonus or an exit. So it's fucking, so of course Elon found out about that and was like that the one thing that can get Elon to fucking grovel and show humility (laughs) and, and actually, you know, be a fucking decent human being is, is, is the threat of losing more of his money. I, I would say props to that guy's lawyers for oh, negotiating yeah. that fucking exit clause. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, that you know, he had the foresight to do that, so good on him. Um, and, yeah. and Elon was like a hundred million. I don't know, is that a lot or a little? How much? <laughs> how many bananas could that? Buy? I lose a hundred million like every week, man. That's nothing. Like that's Elon's like fucking just shitting hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So yeah, to him, that's almost nothing. But. Um, yeah, so that, that was the one, one Elon story. We, there was another, uh, mainstream, uh, story about Elon that we should also get into. Um, uh, so that one was from the daily beast, but it was actually just aggregating a small piece of an article from the BBC. And I wanted to kind of touch on both of those, but this is, I mean, this, this is who he is, uh, at his core, I think. Um, so the headline here, bodyguards follow Elon Musk everywhere at Twitter HQ, HQ, even to the restroom. Like, do, do they? Do they? Are they required to compliment him on his 
minuscule package. Right, they gotta hold it. Like what, they gotta what's fucking, the fucking, you know, like do you, do you, do they have to unzip him? No, I mean he's he seriously is like a fucking small time dictator. Like he 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 runs it like he's running a fucking a blood diamond mine, which is where he learned you know everything he knows about business from his fucking family's emerald mine. So that's what that's why he run, he, he lives his life that way, where he thinks he's constantly going to be like. Uh, so yeah, do you have any pulls from the article, or you want? Who, oh yeah, who yeah, talk? yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll so from we'll the Daily about. Beast article, which is really just pulling from the BBC article, which I'll get to in a second here. Uh, a Twitter engineer identified only as Sam told BBC News, wherever he goes in the office, there are at least two bodyguards, very bulky, tall Hollywood movie bodyguards. Uh, even when he goes to the restroom, he said the constant use of bodyguards suggested that Musk, who had sacked a huge number of Twitter staff including coders, does not trust his remaining staff at Twitter HQ in San Francisco. Because, I mean, why would you, you know, if, if it's a secure building, everyone's there has got a nice job, everything's great. Like, but why I would you have bodyguards follow you around inside the building? But what does that mean he doesn't, like, I don't, I wouldn't trust him either if I were him because I think he's a fucking putz, but does he, like, think they want to murder him? I mean, I understand it. I, I imagine well, you remember when he had that whole, too, but... that whole fake story about how, uh, you know, the, the, you know, there was a stalker out oh, to get him. the assassination coordinates that were tweeted crimes. out. Yeah, because he, he, he didn't like that, you know, somebody was tracking his private jet. So he made up this, you know, concocted this fake story about a stalker that happened, uh, you know, 26 miles away from where his jet was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and didn't actually involve anyone. That well, he was wasn't in an, the car, right? It was He it was, wasn't in the car. Grimes wasn't in the car. Their, their kid... A24 wasn't in the car. <laughs> uh, and then it turns out it was one of his bodyguards harassing an uber driver that would just happen to be in the area right he completely made that fucking story up so right. yeah i'm sure he does this enough that he's he you know sees something on you know he googles his own name or looks on twitter for his own name enough times that he's convinced that he's the most important man in the world right and everyone's out to get him right so i followed the link to the bbc article and there's a couple great uh polls here too so a uh, a former head of content design says everyone on her team has been sacked uh, that, that means fired for people who aren't from England. Uh, <laughs> she later resigned. Internal research by Twitter suggests that uh, the safety measures, measures she worked on reduced trolling by 60%. An engineer working for Twitter told me, quote, nobody's taking care of this type of work now. Likening the platform to a building that seems fine from the outside, but inside is, quote, on fire. Uh, the level of disarray in his view is because Mr. Musk doesn't trust Twitter employees. He described him bringing in engineers from his other company, electric uh, car manufacturers, Tesla, and asking them to evaluate engineers code over just a few days before deciding who to fire. Then afterwards, code like that would take months to understand. He tells me he says cleaning and catering staff were also fired. And we covered that before how he's trying to, you know, basically turn it, turn it into worry free where you just live there. You right. just live on a bed in the office. <laughs> and and that Mr. Musk even tried to sell office plants to employees. <laughs> because, again, he's a fucking putz who spent way too much on this company. And he's like in fucking just his hair is on fire trying to not default on these loans he took out. Well, but somebody's hair is on fire, but it's not his. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just there, there's no selling. 
selling, you know, plants to outgoing employees like that. That's some fucking Mr. Burns comical shit right there. That's it's just insane. Like I, I my my fucking 200 person company wouldn't be so petty as to do or so fucking cheap as to do that. But this is a fucking, you know, 44 billion dollar company, even though it's not because it doesn't make any fucking money. Uh, but he paid that much for it because he's a moron. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's incredible. It's kind of incredible. I mean, he, the cardinal sin is ever fucking making the money. On they even say it in fucking Wolf of Wall Street. You never want to make that real because then it's fucking real. Like you, like he, the the, the forty four billion dollars was based on a stock valuation of the company. No realistic figure. Like nobody would ever realistically pay that much for a company that doesn't produce anything or sell anything i mean it it doesn't it's a company that doesn't make money that sold for 44 billion dollars like that's purely based on the the total made up fucking you know speculative stock price and he was forced to pay it because he got so far into negotiations as a troll that he had no fucking recourse to back out legally oh, without he did, though. well he did right that's true he he, he was... couldn't take the fucking l and pay a billion dollars to get out of the deal because he couldn't, fight. he had to save face, and he so he I spent forty four more. You, do you save forty four, forty three billion dollars, uh, and not be saddled with this huge fucking train wreck responsibility? I mean, I would, but I'm not a fucking egomaniac like him. He just he couldn't take the public fucking perception that he lost if he did that. So he just, you know, he's like, oh well, I guess I got to do it now, and we'll see what happens. And right. he's so instead, he moron. humiliates himself by proving what a moron he is to all his. <laughs> right. All the people that used to to worship the ground he walked on or drove over in his <laughs> fucking <laughs> uh, his underground tube that goes two miles an hour, right? Um, you know they find they finally seen what a absolute fucking moron he is. A lot of them have, and, yeah, and an egotist, yeah. So like even even his base completely squandered that shit, um, which is hilarious. So I like I more power to him to keep blundering on i love it right, keep going please <laughs> the most entertaining thing that's going on right now so i'm not going to complain but um yeah no i feel bad for anyone that actually has to work for him uh, until they find another job but yeah it, it's a fucking i mean what a what a fucking catastrophe oh yeah. god well yeah. speaking of catastrophes we should just a couple uh, one more quick thing we should touch on um is apparently i guess we're gonna invade mexico i'm, I'm hearing um, <laughs> I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I really uh, thought this was like a troll headline, huh? I uh, just uh, sorry, another Simpsons reference. Okay, fucking Oxy's kicking in right now. I think no, no, no. It's I've been swimming, swimming in the whatever the chemical abbreviation for oxytocin is. <laughs> um, the uh, sorry. So the. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so apparently, I, I didn't know this was, like, a thing, but I, I, apparently, like, there are people saying that we should, like, have military options on the table for invading Mexico, and I had no idea what the fuck this was even in response to, other than, like, the vaguely center-left president that they have now. But uh, I get, I, and I was like, oh, it must be some cartel thing or some stupid, you know, bullshit like that excuse to to you know violate another country's sovereignty not that we ever need one uh an excuse that is but um yeah no apparently so i guess four americans were killed or captured by some cartel members because they were i guess tourists in this in in this like very like fucked up area of like mexico that like people are like hey don't go there there's like a lot of cartel activity there and like you shouldn't go there 
and like two people ended up dead and two more were kidnapped. I don't know. Some, something like that. Just, you know, like stupid Americans being stupid Americans. Yeah. Well, so whenever the department of state, there are warnings on every country about what you can expect, you know, when you go there. Uh, And for Mexico, it said, Hey, if you're, if you're a, a, you know, us citizen, there's certain areas you don't want to go because you'll be kidnapped for ransom. Right. Right. And we can't, you know, guarantee your safety or guarantee that we'll come up with the ransom money either. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if it was, this was two different cartels having a gun battle or the cartels and the federalities having a gun battle, but somehow four Americans got captured, uh, kidnapped probably for ransom, but then somehow two of them got killed. I don't know what happened to the other two. If they got released, they're right. still kept. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, you know how much the Republican party cares about Americans when they're abroad, right? Right. Clearly, uh, Benghazi, the whole Benghazi thing proved how much, you know, Benghazi ain't going away. Right. <laughs> so Lindsey Graham bravely has said that he will introduce a bill to set the stage for a U.S. forces to go into Mexico. Oh, good. Now, I mean, you know, this is just a political football to, you know, it's like, you know, any, anything they can do to make it look like, uh, you know, Americans aren't safe under the Biden administration when they go on uh, on tour. Uh, or on tour on on a, a tourist tour first of all they were in a place they were told not to go but they also went there in a, an american plated van georgia georgia plates they drove down to mexico that like that wouldn't stand out like massive fucking please kidnap me like a giant red flag like let's just fuck atlanta gringos coming through beep right. beep uh, and they probably went down there to fucking do missionary bullshit and like completely ignored the warnings that they were given um so, yeah, Lindsey Graham says, you know, now is the time to send in forces. Uh, Graham added he would introduce legislation to make certain Mexican drug cartels foreign terrorist organizations under U.S. law and set the stage to use military forces if necessary. Um, Which, I mean, again. Down here. Yeah. So they interviewed uh, Bill Barr, apparently. Oh, good. Yeah. And he said, uh, we have to deal with this group like we dealt with ISIS, referring to the U.S. designated terrorist group. We have to use every tool. We have to use economics. Uh, we have to use economic. We have to use intelligence assets, military assets, and law enforcement. And we have to methodically dismantle these groups. You know how we dealt with uh, the terrorist group ISIS was by uh, making the other terrorist group that we designated, the Kurds of Rojava, the YPG, go and fight them for us. <laughs> right. You know those left-wing commies, the Kurds of Rojava, the YPJ that we call the terrorists because the fascist country of Turkey called them terrorists? Yeah, we had to go buddy up with them, and they did all the real fighting. We gave them a little bit of air support and had a couple trucks on the ground driving around doing absolutely nothing. But who beat ISIS was the people that we also call terrorists, but are left-wing terrorists. Right. So so basically, like, uh, I guess we got to call up the Kurds, the YPJ and uh, YPG to go down there and fight the cartels for us because there's no fucking way we're going to send troops into Mexico. There's no U.S. president that wants to get into, into a shooting war with drug cartels in Mexico. No, like you imagine what a fucking nightmare that would be. I mean, you look at the fucking the way we handle policing in this country. Imagine just being like the fucking, you know, on foreign soil trying to basically police, you know, something a thousand times more resourceful than any fucking street gang that we have in this country you know. we've got you know we've got special forces in every country you know just in no, case we course. gotta do some I mean, shit but uh, you know like nobody nobody wants the you know no u.s they don't expect Republican. to work like they don't expect to fucking have right. to go like 
you know, we do actual black ops. It's usually just a stage black op and it's usually half a world away. And we don't hear about it till a year after it actually took place because they want to control every aspect of the narrative uh, for whatever it might be. But I mean, literally, like there's there's no U.S. president that wants a shooting war. Oh, no, God, no. With Mexican drug cartels on the border, because that would be the biggest political liability uh, of their destiny of ever, forever and ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's it's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> it's just fucking. I just saw that. And I was like, is that really a fu-? like what? <laughs> like what? What did I miss? Like what the fuck? But then, yeah, I found out that because four fucking gringos wandered into cartel territory and ended up getting killed, that we're going to threaten to go to war with a fucking, you know, allied, an ally of ours, like a country that's fucking directly uh, sharing a border with us. So that, that'll be fun. Um, Seriously. Yeah, no, but that's, yeah. Just, I think just, he probably, Lindsey Graham probably watched um, Sicario and was like, ah, that looks cool. Josh Brolin and fucking Benicio Del Toro going down there and take the, take the fucking cartels on clandestine I would, style. I, I, and, yeah. I would very much like to hear him try to pronounce the word Sicario with his fucking Elmer Fudd accent that he to has. Sicario. <laughs> just be such yeah. a fucking ridiculous. All right. Um, I had two more quick little things here. One last little update on Ukraine uh, Nord Stream pipeline. Oh, yeah. This was... so, so apparently the, the there's a new counter narrative uh, to Seymour Hersh's article that uh, the U.S. did this, which they obviously fucking did, because all you got to do is look to see who stands to benefit and who has the means to actually carry it out. Right. Which is the, the list of countries that... that fit both is exactly one um so ukraine was basically uh the the u.s government who you know had all of their little cia fucking worms in the new york times and wapo say that you know you can't trust seymour hirsch because he used the unnamed source has put out their own (laughs) counter narrative using an unnamed source oh weird (laughs) um claiming that it was a a a pro-ukraine dissident group that somehow pulled this off. So, that, so know, the United States military, a pro-Ukraine dissident group. Right. Well, that's what people said. So I'll just read from this little little bit here. So you, the, after this was put out, uh, media said, hey, Ukraine, were you actually in on this? And Ukraine has denied any involvement in September's attack on the Nord Stream pipeline, which were built to carry Russian natural gas to Germany. The denial follows a report from the New York Times, which cites anonymous U.S. intelligence officials who suggests who suggest a pro-Ukrainian group was to blame? That's a lot of words to say the CIA, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it's like you know the idea that like some rogue band of pro-Ukrainian nationalists, uh, you know, had undersea deep water training, had you know deep water diving suits, went down there months in advance, planted C four at four different locations, uh, you know, with a, a remote detonation and then you know had a plane with a fucking buoy that could send the signal to set it off three months later and just we were able to drop that exactly where they needed to had set of the ocean currents and all like yeah the, the idea that like a bunch of rogue pirates pulled this off <laughs> i mean maybe if you're fucking tom clancy you think shit like that actually happens but no the only people that pulled that kind of shit off is a superpower navy that actually wanted to blow up the pipeline uh which just turns ha- turns out is what joe biden said would happen in January of 2022. Just a weird coincidence that he happened to say that. And then it then happened. And he said, we, I guarantee we'll do it. And then it fucking happened. And of course we had nothing to do with it. You know, weird. Um, yeah. And last yeah. thing, the last thing was just, uh, Katie Porter, justice Dem, pseudo member of the squad. Um, this is, this is great. Everyone talks because she's going to run for Senate. Now you saw that. 
Oh yeah, no, she's gonna she's running for Feinstein seat in uh, California. Yeah, yeah. So she's she knows who uh, who pays her bills, right? So she's been making the rounds, getting ready to run for U.S. Senate. So you know that means a trip to Israel. So headline here. <laughs> so uh, well, I'll read the byline first. Progressive favorite Katie Porter met with APEC to prepare for a recent junket to Israel and came away from the trip quote extremely impressed. With Benjamin Netanyahu. <laughs> Just imagine that was some like like left wing like Israeli politician, and they came back from a trip to America and said they were very impressed after meeting Donald Trump. Like that's the equivalent of what how fucking ridiculous that headline would be to anybody with a fucking brain. But of course, just you know, it just God. Imagine if uh, you know Ilhan went to. Uh, you know, went to uh, the West Bank or um, other places, words I can't remember, <laughs> and came back and was like, yeah, I met with the general of Hamas and I was very impressed. <laughs> that would be fucking, that would be based as hell, but I, I feel like I would, would not res- be very... I would, I would respect her again, I think. <laughs> no, yeah. people would be very unhappy about that, to say the least. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's... Uh... Fighting for freedom, right? If you yeah. if you support arming Ukraine to fight for their freedom, then you have to do the same thing for Hamas and Hezbollah. Yeah. Otherwise, really. you're a giant fucking hypocrite. People just that word is just immediately you know poisoned in people's brains as just you know it, it just completely like uh, that that's just associated with terrorism because that's the way every you know bit of Western media has ever portrayed any of those groups rather than just you know resistance groups trying to protect you know the the, the fucking oppressed minority uh of that, that they are a part of from the fucking fascists that are occupying them but you know it, it's just you'll never get anyone to actually fucking so, talk so i haven't them. really been following the netanyahu is is he back is he back again did they I fail didn't... to totally kick is he really because i know that they elected somebody worse to pm but like i feel like it's going to be like a putin thing where he like takes four years off and then just comes right back and he's the fucking president again for life i get oh okay so apparently he's the Prime, he's a current prime minister of Israel. He got elected. That, again. Was, that was like five months he was out. De- December of twenty two. He 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 served as the prime minister of Israel from ninety six to ninety nine, and then two thousand nine to twenty twenty one. And now he's back as the prime minister. <laughs> he just can't quit this motherfucker, this fucking I mean, CIA scumbag who went to school in fucking Philly, <laughs> who went back to Israel to fucking you know, unbelievable, be the American scumbag they gonna, front. They were gonna of- fucking take him down on corruption charges too and that just all went away right well i think that's why he went away for five months because it, it it it's you know made the heat die down and then he came back like he just has no fucking shame whatsoever <laughs> he just comes back with a mustache like who is this guy i don't know I've never seen fucking, before. i mean it's literally I, I don't know how much you followed any of the the sort of vince mcmahon resigning in disgrace uh after like multiple sexual uh assault and rape allegations from ex-employees and you know paralegals and shit like that but he literally showed up the other night backstage at a show and apparently he literally had a mustache <laughs> like he was just like acting like there was nothing different like he was hanging out at the show like hey you guys haven't seen you in a while like these people have no fucking shame it's unreal um but yeah kevin spacey can't can't catch a break poor guy <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe we didn't get a fucking Christmas video this year. I felt I was so disappointed. He doubled up a year before, so I kind of <laughs> felt like he might be might be 
again he might be actually out murdering somebody that was he was too busy to film the video (laughs) he's fucking well i mean he still has accusers that haven't been murdered yet you know that's true yeah he only knocked off three of them there's still more Work's not done. That, that, that's I, what a fucking weird story. Like that's two is two is like a really weird coincidence. Three is like is somebody investigating. Three is this. the magic number. Three, Three is, is like the magic number of dead Kevin Spacey accusers. <laughs> yeah, no, for for sure. Young, dead, young Kevin. Like you know, not of dying age. Kevin, you know, like that's that's like you know Clinton body count fucking territory at that point. It's it's it really makes me wonder like. The Hollywood thing where you see actors that you think have shame doing roles that you're just like, why? Uh-huh, why uh-huh. would you do this? You know, and it's like you who's holding you know, what over to, them to, to really to really get where you think you want to go in Hollywood. They, you know, give you some breadcrumbs and then it's the fucking, you know, the orgy from eyes wide shut. And then they got you on camera and then it's like, OK, you're going to you're going to do the some voice acting in the fucking Pause Patrol movie and fucking the and Adventures like, of what? Tintin too. Like, <laughs> I uh, like look. We got you. We got you. The video of you in the basement of that castle doing that thing. Right. They get him. They go. They get him to go to fucking Bohemian Grove, and then it's just it's over. They got they got evidence on him for life. It's the fucking it's the Epstein approach. It's just and, fucking- and Epstein was just like the public face of it, so you never think about like the real fucking. You know, like the occult stuff going down, you know, eight layers below the island of the Epstein owned. You know? Right. Like, who knows? I don't really fucking believe all that shit. It's just you, you see how you see some of these roles. People just are like, fucked up, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I like I'm not a, I'm definitely not a crazy conspiracy theorist who thinks all this shit's true. But I also like I'm of the point to the point where, like, if someone's like, hey, you know, this all all that shit's true. I'd be like, oh, yeah, all right. I feel like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a hard job of convincing me at this point put it that way that like right i think it's just it's like if you pay your dues you'll never get you'll never get in trouble for anything yeah, right? right but if you don't pay your dues to whatever the fucking you know kiss the ring person that really controls actually everything that whose name you'll never hear um the fucking guy from uh from Mulholland drive and the, with the fucking oxygen tank and the, right know, look at that guy he's like the yeah <laughs> You know, oh, God. and that's um, that's it. You know, it's like like the the guy from um, that '70s show. You know, he 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 got in trouble because he didn't. You know, he was like, "Oh, there's not really a, a guy that runs everything that I have to fucking worship." To oh the oh shit, there is. I'm in trouble. <laughs> where where is you know. I don't know who who knows who fucking knows. I'm done know, speculating that, about shit like that. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. He's uh, yeah, he's weird. Him and Chris Pratt, really fucking weird vibes from both of those guys. Just really weird, like super crazy. Wait, how did we go from the guy from that '70s show to uh, Chris Chris Pratt? Well, he's Just in another that one. He's in that weird fucking like mega church, that like trendy church now, like where they're like. Like we're totally not a cult, you guys. Like we just use songs to lure young people into this super fucking evangelical like church that we get all these celebrities to endorse, but we're definitely not. Scientology does that too. They specifically it's, look. It's very for similar. Yeah, it's a young very similar recording artist for that reason. And I, I, I like we talked about before. I don't fault Beck because he was already, you know, from birth was a, was a Scientology. He, he, he was, he was but... He's like the people who are still Catholics because they were raised that way. It's almost like you kind of get it. It's just like they were, you know. They had no chance. They were indoctrinated before they had a fully developed brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's, on that note, uh, I think we're, we're, we're good for today. Um, 
before your brain completely undevelops after another couple oh of my uh, God. couple yeah. hours. Of well, boxing. by by this time next week for n- our next week episode, um, I I will have been uh, I should be done with the oxy, and I'll just be on ibuprofen. Oh, so good, yeah, yeah try a to little cycle bit out slower because it gets very <laughs> physically. Uh, well, that's why they give you, you dependent on it. Yeah, so they gave me um, twenty oxy and forty ibuprofen, and they want you to take them both at the same time. Apparently, so that when you run out of the oxy, you're still on some kind of pain bed. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, I've healed enough. Honestly, like I feel, you know, in 48 hours since the initial um, uh, collarbone breaking, I feel like it, it's like every every 12 hours, the pain in general diminishes by about 2%. Yeah. So I, I can already can already say it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I feel healthy. I told you about the the uh, my heart rate being 58. Did I tell you about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before or after we started recording, <laughs> on on the air while we were recording. All right, all right. Yeah, not I felt long ago about that. So I'm, you know, hopefully my body's healthy enough and young enough. <laughs> knock on wood, uh, that this will be, you know, a a fairly quick recovery. I hope to be riding a bike again in four to six weeks. I hope. Yeah, no, that would be ideal. Considering that's your that's your way of getting around, so it wouldn't be ideal to not have that for for too long. But yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, see. I'm not going to well, risk it though, because no, know, yeah, don't push, you know. don't push it. You know, make sure you're healed up. But you know, yeah, just just everyone come it. wait on me. Just everyone come to my house and wait. On me. We'll have a great <laughs> right. time. Fucking well, you think you're gonna you pills. think you're gonna head back uh, with with mom to kind of chill there for a little bit, or you? No, 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 no. We'll um, you know, I'll I'll like I even, I went to the grocery store with her yesterday. I just oh, okay. couldn't carry very much, you know. Right, and I'm right, like right. holding my arm and everything, but. We'll get, we'll, I'll get like good and stocked up on groceries before she takes off and, uh, I'll be making a lot of hot dogs, a lot of hot dogs because they are very easy to make with one hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. You just kind of, you just got to turn them. That's a man. I never thought about all the little stupid things that you need two hands for. Oh, it's, it's crazy because a lot of things you use both hands for. And you, but you still don't think about all the things that you well, never. Once your balance, use. even if you're not using it in the act, it's like the you know whatever. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one thing. One thing you never think about having to be ambidextrous about is uh, wiping, wiping your ass. Your ass. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I knew it. <laughs> oh like, god! Wait, wait which wait? So which arm? Which caught? Which arm is is not functioning? Um, well, I, I should say the arm functions. It's just, just if I move well, any of my upper arm, it's extremely painful. But it is my right hand, my right arm. And you're um, right-handed, right? Of course, of course, yeah. So, you know, you know, like I can I can eat food with a fork with my left hand pretty easy, but like cutting food up, uh, yeah, I, I, you got to use both hands for that. And I can't do anything with both hands that requires like, you know, back and forth kind of emotion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, <laughs> so you got to pick, pick the knife up, cut, but you can't even, oh man, that's, yeah, that sucks. Right. So, as I said, hot dogs. Hot dogs are the key. (laughs) Don't need to cut them. Just chop them down. Um, Damn. Well, good luck with that. We'll we'll get an update next week, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We will. (laughs) All right. Well, riveting. (laughs) Edgy seat. Cliffhanger material. (laughs) All right. Well, if it hasn't fallen off by next week, we'll uh, we'll be back here to talk about. uh, you know, some more news. Plus, I'm sure our, the last our listener count or my arm, e- either one. <laughs> That's yeah, whatever, whatever, whichever comes first. All right. Well, on that note, uh, yeah, that that does it for us this week. Uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Move Left. 
uh, uh facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left uh and i am on twitter at uh, oxytocin slut for 2069 yep and we'll see you next week I rise in the morning and greet the day pull out the bike and i'm on my way and transportation shows i care every turn of the pedal cleans the air green in the green I'm saving the planet, just like my friends Dale, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. Share my question, what I do, every day ride the tour to fuck you. Fucking bye.